for sharing with us. What a message in that song. Sometimes it's kind of hard to be still, but uh, there's a lot going on around us. God's doing a lot of work we just don't know about. And so uh, he's got his purpose and his plan, and it's all going to work out. But he's doing a lot of things, and we just need to wait on him, be still. And we're going to be surprised what he has in store. Thank you so much, choir. Thank you for singing, our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship. And so I hope you brought your Bibles. Please turn to Psalm 136. Psalm 136, if you will. Um, If you would turn back to uh, 103, I'm sorry, 103. Did I help you out, Chris? 103. 103. Psalm 103, I shared the wrong scripture with Chris, I think. 103. First look at 103. I'm going to share with you a sermon entitled, Give Thanks, Give Thanks Unto the Lord. And we're going to look at 136 also, Chris, if you'll turn there. 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. You know, we find uh, throughout the Psalms that God's people are encouraged just to offer gratitude, offer gratitude. And this is the time of Thanksgiving. This is the Thanksgiving season. Looking forward to the special day next Thursday. We have a lot planned here at the church. We'll be serving a benevolent meal to people uh, uh, outside in our communities and around the counties in the Winston County area, Marion County area. And so it's a time of service. But more than that, it's a time to stop and just pause and be thankful. And so we want to, we want to be thankful and be thankful unto the Lord. And so let me encourage you just to pause and be thankful this coming week. And not only during this time of the year, but uh, all times we need to be thankful. Uh, if you would look at, at Psalm 136. Turn over there if you will. 136. Let me look just a moment. I may come back to that a little later. Psalm 136. Psalm 136 verse 1. God's word says, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 1 there in Psalm 136, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. In this one little verse, we have all the qualities of thanksgiving. We have all of our questions answered also, and that we need to know what we need to know about giving thanks to God. If you'll notice there, first of all, we learn what we should give. We give give thanks. Notice we're to give it. He says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. You see, real gratitude is something that we don't store up. Real gratitude cannot stay in the heart. 
Gratitude may start in the heart, but gratitude doesn't stay in the heart. Uh, if, if you have true gratitude down in your heart, uh, sooner or later you'll find that it's going to bubble up and it's going to come out, it's going to express itself through our mouths, and it's going to be demonstrated through our hands. Kind of like a pressure cooker, you just can't keep it in. True gratitude, true thanksgiving in our heart suddenly comes out through our mouth and through the works of our hands. The psalmist says, oh, give thanks. And so we learn what we're supposed to give. We're to give thanks. Notice, give thanks. Uh, we, we're not told to give grumbling. We're not told to give complaining. We're not told to give griping, but we're told to give thanks. But notice who we're to give it to there in verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Now, it's okay and it's right for us to, to thank our spouse. I find myself doing that quite often, thanking my spouse. Uh, it's, all, it's all right. It's good. It's proper to give thanks to our spouse, give thanks to our friends, uh, give thanks to your pastor. This past month had pastor appreciation. So many came by and just said, thank you, Brother Sammy. It's okay to do that. Joy stood and wanted to thank everyone for helping with Operation Christmas Child Shoebox. It's okay to show gratitude to others. We teach our children to do that. I hope you teach your children to do that. We taught our children. I was taught that. Someone gives you something, you teach them to say what? Thank you. You teach them, make sure you say thank you. Did you say thank you? And so we teach them to say thank you. We teach them to, 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 to share and to say thank or to share in gratitude. However, our genuine Holy Ghost-inspired thanks is to be given to the Lord. Give thanks unto the Lord. And how we give it, what we give thanks, who do we give it to? We give it to the Lord. We give thanks unto the Lord. Now why is that? Because the scripture says, give thanks unto the Lord for it is good. Amen. Is it good to give thanks to the Lord? Amen. Amen. It's good to give thanks unto the Lord. And why? For he is good and for his mercy endures forever. Now, the songwriter, if you remember, just a few minutes ago, we were challenged by the songwriter that we should count our blessings and name them one by one, and it'll surprise us to see what the Lord has done. But let me say, it's just virtually impossible to count all of our blessings and name them one by one. We'd still be counting, if we could do that, when Jesus came, when Jesus comes back. And so it's good to give thanks because He is good and His mercy endures forever. So I want to share with you real quick four things that this preacher feels like I am grateful for. And I'm going to mention them because I, I may, not, uh, may be speaking to where you're not able to take good outline notes. But I'm going to share about what I'm thankful for, which includes grace, which includes my church, which includes my family, which includes my possessions. First of all, I'm thankful for the grace that God has given me. Now, I'm going to mention three graces. I'm thankful for salvation grace. I'm thankful for the grace that God has given me. Now, you may consider yourself to be the poorest person in this room. You say, no, Brother Sammy, I'm not the poorest person in this room. Terry Wilburn probably say, I'm the poorest person in the whole Franklin County, Brother Sammy. 
No, but you know, you think about what we're blessed with. You know, I'm telling you that if, if you've been saved, now listen, if you've been saved, if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, if you know what, what it's like to remember the day that you were dead in sin and you were made alive in Christ, if you remember what it was like to be lost and on your way to a devil's hell, and in the distance, and then above all the noise, you kindly heard the sweet voice of the Holy Spirit calling you to salvation in Jesus Christ. If you can testify that at one time you were blind, but now you see. At one time you were lost, but now you've been found. At one time you were, born, you were in the kingdom of darkness, but now you've been transferred into the kingdom of life. And if you know what it's like to have your sins forgiven and been given the free gift of eternal life, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you should be able to give God gratitude for that if He blesses you with nothing else. Amen? Salvation grace. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 3. Listen what the psalmist said. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 3. One through three, I believe it is. I read that. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives your iniquities. Who heals your diseases. You know, and the list goes on and on from there. He, he lists those benefits. Who forgives your sins, your iniquities. Who heals your diseases. And on and on and on. So I praise God and I give Him thanks for the grace that He's manifested in my life through my salvation. First, I'm thankful for saving grace. You see, the psalmist never had gotten over the fact that God had redeemed him, pulled him from the pit, redeemed him, and saved him by His grace. The psalmist was well aware of that. And I'm thankful for Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. And so there's no work that you did for your salvation. There's no work that you can do for your salvation. And when Christ stretched his arms on the cross and said, Telestia, it is finished. Everything finished for you, for me to be saved, was finished there on the cross. And it's by the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus, that you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. That's why Jesus left heaven. That's why he came to earth. That's why he died the sacrificial death on the cross. That's why he paid the penalty for my sin and for your sin. And I'm thankful today that as an 11-year-old boy, I turned from my sin by faith to Christ Ask Him to forgive me, come into my life and save me, and He did. So, I'm thankful for saving grace. As the songwriter said, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. I'm thankful for my saving grace. Thankful for my saving grace. So, the big question today is, have you experienced that saving grace? Can you say, honestly... Thank you, Lord, for your saving grace. I've trusted you. I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Do you know for certain that you'll go to heaven when you die? I'm thankful for the saving grace of God. And then I'm thankful for the sanctifying grace of God. 
Saving grace, sanctifying grace. You see, if there's any, anything good in me, it's not because of me. It's because of God. It's because that God is, has never given up on me. He's still working on me. You remember the song we learned years and years ago? I believe it's one of the first songs that our daughter Corey sang as a solo. He's still working on me to make me what he wants me to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and stars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. He, he did all the others just in a short time, but it's taken him longer on me because uh, he's patient and he is sanctifying me. So I have salvation grace and I have this sanctifying grace. Listen, if you will, to... Philippians 1 verse 6 simply says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's still working on you. He started a good work in you, and he's going to accomplish that when Christ comes back. So we'll have salvation grace, we're having sanctifying grace, and then one day we'll have glorification. We'll be just like Jesus glorified my goodness so i'm thankful for saving grace sanctifying grace and i'm thankful for serving grace jot this down serving grace now it's an honor to be a child of god it's an honor to be called a christian it's a privilege to be part of a of, of this church a believing church it, it's really undeserving it's an undeserving honor really to be called a minister or the minister of the gospel of jesus or an under shepherd or a pastor that you feel so undeserving to be referred to as that, but to put it out plain, it's just an honor for all of us in whatever capacity to serve God. It's an honor to serve God. Listen to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. 84 verse 10. Listen what the psalmist said. He says, For a day in the court, Speaking of the court being the temple, the tabernacle. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. You know, the guys that open the doors for you when you come in, the ushers, we call them ushers, they call them doorkeepers, and they open the door for everyone. He said, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Now, when he refers to the tent there, and the day, in that day, that if you had a tent, you were wealthy. If you had a tent, you had a, a lot of money. The, the psalmist, the point saying, the psalmist is saying, you know, you'd be better off if you served in the lowest position of the church, he considered to be the doorkeeper, to serve in the lowest position of the house of God, then you'd be better off than, than you would to live in the tent. Then you would to live in a big fine house or, or drive a real fancy car or, or wear all the designer clothes or to have plenty of money in your checking account and not walk with God. You're better off to serve in the lowest position and walk with God than to have all this other stuff and not walk with God. It's an honor, friend. L remember this. It's an honor for me to serve God. It's an honor for me to serve God. Now, I'm not talking about me directly. It is an honor for me to serve, but it's an honor for you to serve. 
I mean, it doesn't, you know, regardless what you may do for the Lord, what work you may do, you may work the Welcome Center, you may build church girl, you may work in the nursery, you may work in the preschool, the children's department, the youth, or in the, uh, the adult department, wherever it might be, the sound, the video room, whatever you're doing, custodial work, whatever it is, it's an honor and it's a privilege. Whatever you do, trim grass. It's an honor to serve the Lord. I'd rather serve the Lord than anything that I know. It's an honor to serve the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever it is, you should say, God, it's an honor to serve you. So I'm thankful for God's grace, His saving grace, His, His sanctifying grace, His serving grace, but I'm thankful also for my faith family. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for my church. If you go to a church where the Bible is preached and Jesus Christ is exalted and the gospel is declared, if it's declared um, uh, uh, clearly and plainly and accurately, uh, the lost are being saved, the lost are being saved, the saved are being discipled, uh, and you're encouraged to serve anywhere in order to honor the Lord, then if, if you're part of that church family here or wherever you may be attending, and that is the way that's the, that describes the church you attend, you need to lay your head on your pillow tonight and say, God, I thank you for my church. You need to do that. Thank God for putting me in a church that preaches the gospel. That includes evangelism and discipleship and encourages us to use our spiritual gifts. I just want to thank you for my church. And then thank God for putting in a church that loves people. You know, for years and years, part of our motto has been a church reaching out to all people. All people. Let me just say that everyone's welcome to attend Mountain View Baptist Church. Amen. Doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, you're welcome to attend Mountain View Baptist Church. Uh, regardless of uh, your race, regardless of how much money you have, regardless how much money you don't have, that, that doesn't matter. For years we've been that church reaching out to all people. And if you really don't want to be a part of a church that welcomes everyone, let me just say you really won't be happy at Mountain View Baptist Church. The only person that will be more miserable than you with us is going to be us with you if you don't want to welcome everybody. Because we want to welcome everyone. And I'm thankful to be a part of a church that welcomes everyone. Uh, you, know that, uh, you know that we don't have a church. I mean, when you think about it, uh, we, we don't have a church. People say, well, I think we need to go to our church and they need to go to their church. Did you know that we don't have a church and they, they don't have a church? There's only one person who has a church. And he, provi he, he, uh, he provides the proof of that purchase with his nail-scarred hands and his nail-scarred feet and his thorn-crowned brow. He provides the proof of purchase of his church. And because he purchased the church, that's why Revelation 5, verse 9, and we heard it as we prepared to worship this morning, uh, thou art worthy to take the book. Who's going to open the book? Who's going to open the scroll? 
Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, out of every tongue and people and nation. I don't have a church, you don't have a church, he has the church and it's made up of every people, every kindred, every tongue, every language, and it all belongs to him. The point is, if a church or a congregation really doesn't look like their community, it's not looking like what heaven's going to look like because it's all, we're all going to be there. So today you need to say, God, I'm thankful that I'm part of my church who believes whosoever will may come. I thank God for His grace, for the church. Thank God for my family. Thank God for my wife. Uh, man, listen. There's some women here today. It's been a long time, sir, since uh, they've heard you say, Honey, I just want to say thank you for what you do for me. Proverbs 31, verse 10, ask a question. Who can find a virtuous woman for a price is far above rubies. Jerry Spencer, Southern Baptist evangelist for several years, his first wife passed away. He was at the funeral, and people were gathered around, and several preachers were speaking. Someone shared Proverbs 31, verse 10, and they asked the question, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? And immediately, Jerry Spencer said, I did. I did. I thank God today that I found one. i never forget the time that I saw Judy in the fall of 1969. I was standing in the hall right across from Biology at Northwest Shows Community College, me and Benny Hill. And I looked over there and I saw this girl, and she had short hair. And I said, hey, Benny. He said, I see that girl over there? And he said, which one? Crowded hall. And I said, over there by the door. He said, yeah. And I said, I'm going to marry her. He said, you're crazy. You know her? I said, i never seen her till today. I said, I'm going to marry her. And we planning to be bachelors. You know, we were going we to live it up. We were going to be bachelors. And Judy changed all that. And so I told old Benny, I said, I'm, I'm going to marry that girl. Well, long story short, I failed biology. <laughs> and, and the reason I did, I was working on my number one assignment. And on uh, January the 1st, 1971, we got married. She loves the Lord. She loves God. She loves His Word. She prays for me. She serves His church. Uh, she's truly, she's truly, she's truly, no amens. She's truly the better half. She really is. I've told her that. Nursery worker, first nursery worker in our church years ago. Didn't have a nursery. First nursery worker in our church, taught preschool. 34 years and took a four-year time out and went back. 
well discipled, taught all, went through all discipleship classes, pregnant, was pregnant with uh, Kyle, going through master life and going to master life while she's at the same time pregnant with Kyle and having to step out of the room and after he was born through another disciple class, step out of the room, make sure he was fed. And, and um, I, I never helped her get the kids ready. I always came to our church 30 minutes early and she was always on time, never late, always on time. Who can find a virtuous woman? Um, I thank God for my wife. And mom, you need to tell your husband, I thank God for you. Parents, tell your children, tell your grandchildren. Children, you need to get on your knees at night and thank God for your parents or your grandparents. Thankful for the grace, thankful for the church, thankful for my family, and thankful for my possessions. My breath, the breath, the clothes, food on the table, shoes on my feet. After church today, I'm going to ask Judy while I ask her every Sunday where you want to eat. And she'll start naming these places. Well, it's up to you, and then we'll start naming them off. And the point is, over three-fourths of the world are hungry. If you have food on your table today, you've really been blessed by God. I wouldn't just dive in and eat it. I'd pause and just thank Him for what I had. I remember going to Guatemala on my first mission trip and pulled out a jar of peanut butter. They never seen peanut butter. And I emptied a whole jar at one meal making peanut butter sandwiches. Felt guilty about that, and I'd feel guilty when I'd see them digging in the garbage, you know, and trying to find food and digging in that garbage pile. But, you know, there's a place for sympathy, and I, real feel so, I really feel sorry for people. My heart goes out to them that are without, but, but it, it, it should cause a concern uh, but not just uh, guilt. It should cause us to feel grateful and thankful for what we have. So go to bed tonight. Let God be thanked for being born in a place where you have food and where you have clothing and where you have shelter and where you have uh, the things that you need. So I want to thank the Lord for my clothes, my house, my car, my job. Thank him for your possessions that you have. I'm going to close with this illustration. About 55 years ago, a very poor man who owned a junkyard, he lived in a two-room house at one far end of his junkyard. One night someone invited him to a revival service, and he went to church, and he heard the gospel, and he was saved. A few weeks later, he sat down and he wrote a song. You've probably heard this song before. I want you to picture this man living in a two-room house at the end of a junkyard, his junkyard. Here's some words. As the world looks upon me and I struggle along, they say I have nothing, but they are so wrong. In my heart there's rejoicing how I wish they could see. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. I know I'm not wealthy. These clothes are not new. I don't have much money, 
but Lord, I have you. And to me, that's all that matters, though the world may not see. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Thank you, Lord, for his grace. Saving grace, sanctifying grace, serving grace. Thank you for my church family that preaches the gospel and loves people. Thank you, Lord, for my wife, my children, my grandchildren. Thank you, Lord, for my possessions. And Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to reflect on your goodness and your mercies. And we understand they endure forever. So we're so unworthy, but because of your salvation grace, sanctifying grace, serving grace, thank you for your grace shown upon us. Lord, you teach us that, that we have just ordinary grace. You let it rain on the just, and you let it rain on the unjust. Thank you for being merciful and grace, gracious to everyone. But thank you, Lord, for salvation grace. And Lord, which you loved us so much, you came and died on the cross in our place, paid the penalty for our sin. And Lord, that we could spend eternity with you in a place called heaven. We're thankful for that. We ask now that you would be with us during our time of invitation. Speak to hearts and may they... Be led by your Holy Spirit as you call them to salvation, to trust you and only you for their salvation today. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.